Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're planning a meeting, conference, or special event in Missoula, consider the Wingate by Wyndham. Our event space is comfortable and flexible. Whether you need an intimate boardroom meeting or a conference war 100, Missoula's Wingate is the perfect fit. Our audio-visual equipment, upgraded internet, and flexible food and beverage policies allow you to put on an impressive show without breaking the bank. Call us at Missoula's Wingate, where we make you feel at home when you're not. Coulter. Pleasant Wednesday to you. Happy early thir- Turkey Day, my friend. Nice to see you. Okay, no, res- no, no nice reciprocation. Too, okay, Gus. thank you. Thought maybe I'd get I don't know what you want. Happy dude. Thanksgiving. You know, happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, to Thanksgiving me. dude. Is this your yeah. favorite holiday? Mm, it's close. The Christmas is my favorite holiday. Really? Why? Um, the snow. Generally, the time off. Uh, the, uh, you know, there's not as much entertainment on Christmas. No, there is not. NBA people. Oh, I love the NBA, but the games just, you know, the Christmas day games, it's, it's sort of like the opening of the NBA season, even though that's been going for a couple mm. months by that point. But also like the games are of almost no consequence. Whereas the games on Thanksgiving, even though they're Thursday games, we're into the season now, so like oh, they, the they, Dallas they, Buffalo game on Thursday, game, man. monster yeah. for the Cowboys tomorrow. I mean, th- this might be the last Jason Garrett head coaching, you know, football game as a head coach of the Cowboys, depending on how this goes tomorrow. So I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. But yeah, there's there's big games. I, I love Thanksgiving. <laughs> Jason Garrett about to be getting fired, according to the national media, for years. No, no, no. But I mean, it's different when Jerry comes on there and says what he he has to say. Sure, but I'll believe he'll actually fire him when he does. I mean, Jerry's not afraid to fire anybody. He'll fire no, anyone. He, he would have to. Him firing Jason Garrett would be the ultimate proclamation of him admitting that he was wrong. It's a fact. By and the he way, he's never done that. First of all, if, if you're if you are the owner and the GM and you have unilateral power in your organization. Anybody that you fire is an admission of failure on your part at some level. Like you, you hired this person, you brought them in, and now they can't be here anymore. That's, you know, it happens. It's not like, I mean, I don't think anybody's, I don't think it's crazy, but that's, that's self-indicting, and he has hired and fired multiple coaches. Um, by the way, if you're on your way out of town, well, heck, wherever you are, wherever you're driving around, go to a Florence Coffee Company, would you? Stop by right now. Get yourself a coffee. I got myself an Americano. Excuse me. I got an Americano over there. Got a uh, cappuccino right here. Like mm. the foam for me. So uh, hooking that thing up. It's our Florence Coffee Company coffee brand people. It's a Wednesday. We're doing it on a Wednesday, not a Friday. We got a long weekend ahead of you. Big Thanksgiving. Maybe you're going to be on the roads. Get a Florence coffee right now. Drop in. There's kiosks all over the state of Montana. You go there and you enjoy yourself. And they do it right. An extra shot for every additional size. No, no, no additional charge for the shots. Come on, man. So we're able to keep the consistency. Florence Coffee Company, they do it. Thanks to the Florence Coffee Coffee Company for our coffee break on this Wednesday afternoon. All right, Coulter, let's finish up talking about Cat Grizz. We spent, obviously, a lot of time in the early part of this week talking about it. It is, after all, the event of the year in the state of Montana from a sports standpoint. 
I know that you have a couple thoughts and also some questions that have been batting around in your head the last 72 and now, you know, 48 hours since we've been kind of doing the show and talking about this and thinking about this more. But I have a couple of thoughts about this as it pertains to a week and a half from now, which I want to get to with you. But I'll hear yours first and what you have on this. Well, I think that the number one point that we haven't really, I mean, there's such a, so much emotion that goes into this game. And like you were saying yesterday, it really is bigger than other games, not only because of the what happens in the moment and not only because of the way it's historically archived, but also because of the way it's chronicled in the history of the rivalry. And every single year is a new chapter to a book that has such a rich and storied history. Right. But all that said, this is the first time in a really long time where both teams go into the playoffs as seeded teams with first-round buys, which then, in an ironic fashion, I think, makes it so that you really do have to get over the game more quickly. The Grizz have a real chance to make a run in the playoffs. It's not just like, oh, we're going to win a game and go to the final eight. They have a real chance, especially because they play a team... And you can look at this two different ways. If they were to win their first round game in Missoula on December 7th, then they would likely go play Weber State. And if they don't go play Weber State, they're going to be playing a, a team they'd certainly be favored over in Missoula. So either way, but you can look at it one of two ways. They already destroyed Weber State, so it's a good matchup for them. Or revenge game for Weber State. Okay, here nor there. To me, when I look at the bracket, I, I, I can see Montana marching into the Final Four, which would be a crazy step. I mean, they only got to win. They, they to, anybody. You only got to win two games. Two games, right? Two more games, and so that's why I think you have to absolutely flush the Cacarez result. And when Bobby Houck says we're not going to get over it, we're. I, I just okay. It's okay if you're not over it as long as it doesn't affect you in a negative fashion the way you prepare. And then on the Montana State side of things, you're the kings of Bozeman. You're the kings of Montana, like Jeff Choate said. Control the four corners between the white lines. You control the four corners of the state. They are state champions. You can't you can't get you can't get drunk on your own self. I guess is what I'm saying. The party has to end now. You can't read your own press clippings. Exactly. You, you absolutely have to refocus and treat it as if you're still that hungry team. Like Jeff Choate said in his press conference earlier this week, never back a Bobcat in the corner. They're so good with their backs against the wall. They've been so good in November. The only real hiccup they've had in November the last three seasons has been when they had to go to Fargo and they got destroyed by North Dakota State. But you have a chance to actually prove now, as the number five seed in this tournament, that your whole rhetoric and narrative surrounding your program, that you are the best late in the season, that you can fight your way out of any corner, now you actually have to prove it. And I think that Montana State, what we've seen the last several years, they have a chance to embrace that and continue to perpetuate that narrative. But on the other hand, if they don't, if uh, to me, the number one thing that is the worst thing that could happen to you as a college football program, singularly within the scope of a game, within the scope of a season, or in the arc of an era, is complacency. Mm. Rob Ash is no longer the coach of Montana State because of complacency. That's all. That's it. That's all. There's all sorts of scandal that happened at the University of Montana, but I think complacency was a gigantic portion of the Grizz fall from grace as well. Can't let it happen. So how do you not let sorrow overwhelm you if you're the Grizzlies? How do you not let glory overwhelm you if you're the Bobcats? And if they, they, they both have a chance to take the result and ride it in a positive fashion, but they also both have a chance to take the result and have it impact them negatively. So I think that us putting a bow on this, they need to put a bow on it as well. Coulter, you have a business, and your business is based in the World Wide Web. Indeed I do, so I'm on my computer all the time. And if you're not online, you're not making money, and it is important to make sure that you're online and secure. Am I right? Absolutely. Got to be cyber safe this day and age. Well, for you business owners out there, whether you have an online business or a brick-and-mortar business, it's still running through the web. We all know that's a fact. And in today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to the endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. They do. They're keeping everybody cyber-secure and ensuring that businesses run the way that they need to across the state. So ensure your company's network is online 
all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. That's goblackfoot.com slash business. And you can click the link right here in the old podcast. We've made it so very easy for you. Go visit and find out how to keep your business or the business of people you know secure online with Blackfoot. Two-Tone Luanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. I think you're absolutely right. Like, it's so interesting because that game, really no matter how it goes, with both teams going into the postseason, can can conceivably be a positive or a negative for both teams. Exactly. And as I said, I think on Monday, but to me still, it, it is of course about the coaches and they have to articulate, distill, communicate a vision to their team that that transfers all the energy, be it positive in the case of the Bobcats or negative in the in the case of the Grizzlies, into something that is a, a propulsive force into the postseason. They have to do that. But also, I think a lot of onus of this is on the players. And what has Travis DeCure told us about guys, you know, working hard, guys playing with tenacity? How do you coach that? He says, you can't coach that. You recruit that. What is he saying? He, it, it's instilled. It's in the person. What are you made of? What type of person are you? And you have to have the guys on the team, the leadership on the team that is willing to take the ownership to to manufacture a positive into the playoffs now for, for good or bad, whether it's resetting the baseline if you're Montana State and still being hungry. Mitch Brought was asked, you know, kind of what happened in the middle of the season? Why did you turn the corner? We started thinking we were good. Exactly. And when he said it, I thought he was going to say, you know, we start, we start, we realized we were good and we started playing with confidence. No, no, no. He said, we started thinking we were good and that's why we lost. As soon as we thought we were good, we lost. Exactly. Well, guess what? It's pretty easy to think you're good when you just pounded the number three team in the nation, your arch rival at home. It's pretty easy to start thinking you're pretty good. Totally. And if they, have they learned that lesson? Can they collectively learn the lesson that it, you know, it matters and it will matter, but it doesn't matter this week. It doesn't matter for this game. You got to go earn it again. And for Montana State, again, can you overcome the thing that was what I mean that everybody that is uh uh you know of Montana faithful certainly within the team was blindsided by. Blindsided by what happened on Saturday. If you take the Sacramento State losses by the two Montana schools, it took two weeks after the Sac State loss for Montana State to truly... I know that they, they the Sacramento State exploited Montana State's weaknesses to the fullest. And they addressed those during the bye week, and then they tried to enact new things during North Dakota, and it just fell flat, and they were clunky, and they looked terrible. Yeah, and Offensively. We were, they looked really good defensively in totally, that game, but offensively, totally. no. But we, we were just saying, well, how can you look so bad coming off of a bye? How? I don't think that... I don't think that Montana, Montana was exploited at, at, at almost just as high of a level, and they actually lost to Sac State by two extra scores compared to Montana State. But it wasn't, it didn't seem like the introspective soul-searching. And maybe part of that is just the message that's conveyed to the media. I mean, we've talked about just how diametrically opposed these two coaches are. They're opposites in terms of the way that they deal with the press. And maybe that's a part of the way that we absorb it, but... I really do think that Montana State systematically revamped and also just remade a lot of the stuff that they were doing on both sides of the ball, X's and O's wise. I'm not sure Montana really did, but I also think that the systems that Montana runs, you don't necessarily need to. You just need to tighten it up and just continue to mm-hmm. roll. Because the, the, what, Mont- what Montana State does is based on physicality, toughness, and endurance. Drag you into deep water, like like Jeff Choate always says. Montana, their system is based on energy, emotion, and momentum. They want to just blitzkrieg you. They want to just batter you defensively. They don't care if they're giving up big plays. Right. They're just going to knock you out. They're going to make you tap out. And then on the other side, they're just going to boat race you. They're just going to score 50. And that's the stated goal every week. And so, definitely different styles. But I do think that... The analysis of the Montana State season, the fact that they did have to look in the mirror and then they did change the things that they needed to, and that helped them surge all the way into now being the number five seed in the playoffs, impressive. On the other hand, if you're Montana, I think you just have to regain the confidence because if you regain the confidence, 
I mean, if, if you're a coach out there, you are scared of the Grizzlies, for sure. It doesn't matter. You're not going to say that in the press, but Montana's an intimidating mm-hmm. team. Even if they do have holes on their roster, they're an intimidating team, especially the style that they play and the aggression that they play, particularly if you have to play at Washington Grizzly Stadium. No question. That said, I want to play for everybody again the soundbite coming out of the post-game press conference. And again, this, look, any soundbite is taken, quote-unquote, out of context. But to your point, this was like the last question asked of Bobby Howe. He's kind of on his way out. There's guys from Montana State waiting to get in. There's all that stuff going on. I still think that this is viable and worth talking about and, and worth thinking about as we go into uh, into the playoffs. So here you go, Bobby Houck from the post-game press conference uh, after the Cat Grizz game. I'm sure your kids are disappointed, so how how do you not let this become too big of a thing and then move past it? Oh, it'll be a big thing. We won't be moving past it. So, Resetting the mindset for the playoffs, though, that will be hard to do. I can tell you we're going to be just great next week. We won't be. Now, he did say next week without knowing at that moment when Montana would be playing, if they would be getting a seed, which they did. And again, I think your your assessment of this is probably a valid one. The point isn't, Bobby Houck's never going to say, I mean, he did say it, right? He said, we're not going to get over it. We're not going to be, it's going to be hard to do to get, to, to, to get your mindset right for the playoffs. I think that's honest. I think that's fair. He's also never going to come to you and say on, say, Monday at the press conference and go, yeah, there's no way we're going to be ready to go against Villanova or uh, uh, Southeastern Louisiana. Like, he's not going to say that. And that probably isn't true either. The point is, is that the Cat Grizz game, it lingers forever, good or bad, man. Like, it's, it's something that is there. And the getting over it, maybe you don't need to get over it. You know what I mean? Maybe, in fact, getting over it is a bad thing. Maybe what you need to do is just deal with the fact of what you feel right now if you are the Montana Grizzlies. And that is, in fact, the thing that is the catalyst into your playoff game. Now, obviously, you can't be focused on woe is me and, you know, lethargic and, you know, in the doldrums trying to go to work, trying to go to practice, trying to prepare for the next team. Because it is the preparation that's going to make the difference. But if you talk about, no, I'm still mad. I'm still angry. I'm not going to stop being mad and angry about what happened. And and as a result of that, I'm, you know, we as a team are going to go out here and play with the reckless abandon that we played against Weber State with times two against whoever comes in on in, in the playoff game. If you can do that, you haven't gotten over it, and yet it's still been a positive for you. I don't know, the and, and again, I don't know how to do it. Like, I mean, there's, there's no playbook here, man, where it goes, well, if you, you know, the five stages of mourning or something like that, like where you worked through, you know, I, I don't know, it's for each individual and then, you know, as a, corporately as a team to try and figure out. And for Montana State... I think Montana State needs to get over it. You know what I mean? And I mean that in the best sense. I mean, they should revel in what they did yesterday and have done for the last four years. And at some point, the season is going to come to an end. And every time you go around, you can continue to revel in that thing. But now, you think you're pretty good? And that's when you lose to Sacramento State. And then you lose to North Dakota, just like Mitch Bross said. So I think that is... I actually think, in a weird sense, it's more important for the Cats to get over the game in terms of having postseason success than it is for Montana. Totally, and I also think that the potential matchup with Sac State could be a gigantic barometer to how much a team can improve in the scope of a season. Mm-hmm. Montana State got shredded in that game. How do they... Did they really get better, or have they just been playing better against not as good of opponents? Because Sac State is the best team in the Big Sky. The body of work speaks 100% for itself. They played the other three playoff teams, and they won two of those games. And the game that they lost, while they were down two touchdowns when Kevin Thompson went out, still has an asterisk next to it because we were say beat them without the Big Sky Offensive Player of the Year playing for the last 35 minutes of that game. So, that said, a, a chance to go to California and get some retribution would be huge for the Cats. Yeah, I mean, this it would be what, what a deal it would be, right? If Montana, who pounded Weber, now has to go on the road 
to Weber. And Montana State, who got pounded by Sacramento State at home, goes to Sacramento to play in the second round. Now, I mean, that's we're, we're putting the cart way ahead of the horse, but it's fun to think about. I mean, I got the bracket right here. I know how it looks. I know how I see the path. Well, and I mean, here's the thing that we haven't. How about Cat Grizz 2 at Frisco? How about that? How come nobody's talking about this, Coulter? I mean, man. Is the bison are still there? Is that why? Throw 100 bucks down on it, you'll win $10 million. Because the odds of that are so <laughs> I think, I think the Louisiana purchase just becomes yours. I mean, man. The one thing we're not talking about is that I, I've heard nothing but when the Grizz play Weber. Mm. When the Cats play Sac State. No doubt. What if Villanova or Southeastern Louisiana or Albany or Central Connecticut State come to Montana and just whoop them? Look, Who man. would have ever expected that after playing one of the games of their lives, Brock Coyle and Jordan Tripp both forcing fumbles at Bobcat Stadium to end the careers of Daenerys McGee, Cody Kirk, and Tanner Bleskin in Bozeman? One of the most underrated Cat Grizz wins of the Grizz era, of the modern Grizz era. I mean, those guys slammed the door on a team that had won three straight Big Sky titles, denied them a playoff berth, and got to the playoffs themselves. Right. Who would have ever thought that in the coldest game in Washington Grizzly Stadium history, they would give up 42 points and lose to Coastal Carolina? Who was even Coastal Carolina? Nobody even knew what the Chanticleers were. I still don't know what a Chanticleer is. I think it's, it's what like a makes the light turn on brighter, right? <laughs> That's a Chandelier. Right. Uh, the... Dad jokes. You're, you're so good at dad jokes. I'm, the, I mean, uh, I'm a dad. That's why. But I mean, that's the thing. That's why you got to buckle down. So let me no, ask no. you this. Let me ask you this. But, but Montana State just quick got the far better situation. I mean, Albany or Central Connecticut State is probably a pretty juicy matchup for Montana State. Whereas Southeast Louisiana, especially Villanova, I mean, that is. That, that you know, there's no, there's no just oh, pencil it into the second round on those two. So anyway, sorry, that's just worth noting. One other factor I think that's worth noting is that Bobby Houck has had first round buys in the playoffs many times, and has been playoff seated many times, and has played in. I mean, I don't even know. I think I don't think it's outlandish to say dozens of playoff games. I mean, Montana's had a lot of playoff games. Mm-hmm in the last 20 years, and he was the head coach for seven of those seasons. So, I mean, even just runs to the 2004, 2008, and 2009, that's a dozen games right there. So you talk about the other four years. Sure, sure. Probably close to 25 times. So that he, he, I'm sure he has a systematic plan. He's been a college head coach for decade-plus, and he's been an FCS head coach for almost a decade now. He has a plan for what they want to do. You know, how do you navigate the Thanksgiving week where you have Thanksgiving off? That said, back then, a lot of time in the 16-team playoff, the playoffs used to start earlier. So even if you did have a bye, you'd have a home game on Thanksgiving. Regardless, he's got a plan. Jeff Choate talked about on Monday that he was devising a plan, but that he was reaching out. He said he called Courtney Messingham, former Montana State offensive coordinator, who's now the offensive coordinator at Kansas State by way of North Dakota State, and asked him, hey, you guys get a buy every year. How do you deal with Thanksgiving week and a buy? He said he called Jay Hill, Weber State head coach, who's been had a buy two years in a row. Jay, how do you navigate this? So what Montana State did is they came in on Sunday, watched film like they usually do. Monday they had their put a bow on it, flush it, start prepping for whoever's next. But whoever's next is unknown. You don't know, right? So they had what he calls a good versus good practices on Mondays and Tuesday. So basically just ones versus ones and you know, it's a lot of internal self-scout type stuff. Wednesday, kind of a walkthrough and then like a young guys battle it out, you know, let the red shirts get after a little bit. Older guys cheer them on. They're taking Thursday off, which they do, they have all year. That's that's one thing that we haven't talked about at all. Montana State taking Thursdays off instead of Mondays off. It's pretty typical around the country that people take Mondays off, but they like to get the work in and then have the day off closer to the game, Yeah, which I don't know. I, I was thinking it was hurting them earlier on in the season, but now, I mean, it's hard to say that it's done nothing but help them because they look so much more fresh and physical, which is what they need and what they want. But then he gives them Friday off, and then they report back Saturday afternoon for meetings, and then they'll have their first the, – the, the, Albany Central Connecticut State games East Coast, so it's going to be at ten o'clock in the morning. So they'll know who they're playing by the time those kids report back. They have their staff 
preparing scouting reports on both of them, and then whoever it's going to be, boom, that's what you hand to the kids. But I don't know. What do you what do you think of just that dynamic? The fact that Bobby Houck has experience, Jeff Choate doesn't, but then also just that sort of schedule that Jeff Choate is uh, enacting this week. Yeah, um, it's a good question. It's two tell Nuanas, one hundred two ninety ESPN Radio. I I don't know. You know, I think. I think at times, look, there's no question that, that there's no substitute for experience and how you're doing it. But also, I mean, though it wasn't a buy, there's a lot more all you know players on Montana State that have playoff experience than do than does Montana. Certainly, but then you transfer the coaches, and there's more experience on the from the coaching side of things on the Grizzly side. How you navigate the whole thing, I, I don't know, man. I just don't know. I think that. Uh, you just you you just have to show up and play well. You know, some it, Bobby Bobby Howe answered a question on, uh, in the post game press conference, and I forget exactly what it was that was posted, but he kind of rambled on for about 50, 60 seconds, kind of assessing this, assessing that, and then he just stopped and he goes, "And I don't know, maybe it's all just BS. You just got to play better." Well, and that, and that's I think I mean <laughs> we have jobs because of this the exhaustive and. Uh, in-depth analysis. That's why football is the thing that dominates talk air radio waves because you can just analyze things at such a deep level. But really, I mean, Bobby Hawks opening statement, he said, they played great, we played terrible. That's how you beat, get beat 48-14. Yeah, and also, look, man... Uh, but the, th- the thing is, that was the narrative of the week before, too, and that's th- something that I think that Grizz people have to grasp, is that... I, I've heard so much. Did, did did Montana have a huge letdown after Weber State, or how do you beat Weber State like he did and then lose to the Cats like he did? The the factor that's not being accounted for is that Weber State played the worst game they could have played. Yes, Montana sure had an influence on that, and just like Montana State had a huge influence on Montana playing a bad game. But at some point, you, I mean, you you kill yourself too, and when you're playing a really good team like Weber was when they played the Grizz, and like the Grizz were when they played the Cats. The really good team is going to destroy you. You know what's funny too, man, is that in situations like this, like coaches are never going to come out and say, you know, a lot of things. But it's interesting that the biggest truth about what happened, maybe not the biggest one, a, a an absolute central reality of what happened on Saturday is something that neither Montana State nor Montana can admit publicly although they've alluded to it, but they can't get to the true significance of it. And that is that Montana prepared exhaustively, and and Bobby Houck talked about it, he said it's not an excuse, but it is a fact, but it is real. They prepared for Troy Anderson and probably Troy Anderson at quarterback almost exclusively for the entire week of buildup to this game. And it is not there at all. And there, again, there's no excuse to make because the best player in the game didn't even play against you, and you still got hammered. And look, guess what? Montana State prepared Sammy Kim. And and let me tell you this: different positions. I get, I get what you're saying. Troy Anderson not being on the field didn't force you to bring the ball back to the 14, then take a delay a game on the first play, then fumble the first ball. The, you exactly. Know, all of that. So this, this is not, not about... able to tackle less than eight yards down the field in the inside zone. There, I mean, there's no excuses to be made about it, but it is real, especially defensively. You go 382 yards on the ground. How did that happen? Well, because everybody was looking for something that wasn't there, and then there's no totally, way to get that back. So, oh, this is exactly why football is so fascinating to analyze, because what you're saying is right and Montana took terrible tackling angles. And All Montana lost at the point of attack. And the Cats are more physical. And this and that and this and that. Look, man, out-schemed, if Troy Anderson plays, everything. if he plays and does exactly what Montana thought that he would do, and then they roll out and play that same game with the same everything going on, the Cats crush Montana. Okay? They're going to win that football game handily. But it doesn't help <laughs> that you right. that you thought you were going to go head to head with a dump truck and then somebody rolled out a Bugatti. You know, right. I don't know what the metaphor is. And, and don't ask that's me. That's the most uh, undefinable part of football: is how do the mistakes and the momentum not going in your favor then affect the yes. way you actually physically execute? Right. Because, like we saw, we saw dudes who are great open field tacklers who never take bad angles taking bad angles. I mean, like the wide receiver reverse that Tyrone Marshall scored on. Josh Sandry and Robbie Houck bit on the fake, and they st- they took a terrible angle. Those guys are great open field tacklers. They're they're great. That's right. You can't tackle them if you're not 
and, close and, enough and to they, touch and them. And they melted down yeah. Yeah. in the moment. And so then that's the part of football. We is It's the unanswerable question. How totally. much does the mistakes you make, the momentum that you give up, affect your ability to actually physically execute? About 20 minutes from now, Tom Miller of the Grand Forks Herald going to join us. He uh, it covers North Dakota. North Dakota has an opening round game against Nichols State. If they win that, they would play North Dakota State. So a battle, uh, an in-state battle in round two if they're able to get there. But we'll talk to him about the team, uh, about the bidding process. Kind of an interesting one for North Dakota. Wait till you hear the amount that North Dakota bid. On the uh, on on hosting the game, which by the way they lost because it will be played uh, at Nichols State. So he'll join us. But right now, three two nine one eight nine nine. The phone number three two nine eighteen ninety nine. It's time for a Wing It Wednesday. It is uh, my questions, Thanksgiving themed questions. For goodness sakes, it's the day before Thanksgiving. We're going to send you uh, over to the Desperado Sports Tavern. Get yourself a basket of wings. If you get all three questions, you're going to get a shirt as well. So give us a call, 329-1899. We'll do some Wing It Wednesday, hey, right after this. Boys and girls, the gentlemen at Shine Auto Detailing have taken Black Friday to another level. Today through Friday, go to their website, that's MissoulaAutoDetailing.com, and click the Black Friday special. You will save, are you ready, $50 on a $250 gift card, plus they will give you a $75 headlight restoration for free. That means you're going to save $125. Go to their website, MissoulaAutoDetailing.com, or just search Auto Detailing and click the one with 10 times more five-star reviews than anyone else. Go to their site and click Black Friday special, save $125, go now, and your Christmas shopping can be all done. You know, guests, the Wingate by Wyndham is the Missoula Hotel that truly offers something for everybody. No doubt. It's conveniently located near the airport, easy for when your friends come to visit you, and you know, of course, my favorite, water slides. That's right. They got an awesome water park with a sweet water slide that's perfect for families, groups, and birthday parties. With the Wingate, they also have a terrific business travel rate, large meeting spaces for you and your clients, and one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere. Talk to me about breakfast. They're not messing around with the Continental. They got the full breakfast spread, man. That's what I'm talking about. I need that. They got you covered there as well. Just down the road from the Missoula Airport, the location is quiet and convenient. The parking is ample and free, and the staff genuinely cares about taking care of their guests. The Wingate is at 5252 Airway Boulevard. You can also call. Very simple, easily memorizable number, 541-8000. That's 541-8000. The best hotel at the best spot for a hotel near the airport. Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home even when you're not. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. Good afternoon, Ryan Tutel, Coulter Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Sports Center. At Coulter, there's a whole bunch of awards handed out this week for the Big Sky Conference uh, top uh, all-conference all teams, Conference 1, Conference 2, Team 1, Team 2. Tell the people who won the awards, especially Defensive Player of the Year. Olson shared Defensive Player of the Year, University of Montana, senior linebacker uh, with Jonah Williams from Weber State. Olson leads the FCS with 151 tackles while averaging 12.6 tackles per game. He's a finalist for the Buck Buchanan Award, uh, which will be given in January for the National Defensive Player of the Year. Montana running back Marcus Knight or Newcomer of the Year honors. They transfer from Citrus College, has 930 rushing yards and 21 total touchdowns this year. Five Montana State Bobcats earned first-team All-Big Sky honors, including Troy Anderson as an outside linebacker. The junior from Dillon was a unanimous selection on offense last season, meaning he is the first player in the two-platoon era in Big Sky history to earn first-team all-league honors on both sides of the ball. MSU senior Mitch Brott, he's an offensive tackle. All-purpose player Travis Johnson, who's also a senior. Senior inside linebacker Josh Hill and senior strong safety Braden Conkle also all earned first-team all-league honors. Jerry Lou McGee, the unanimous pick as a part returner for the Grizz. This ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Aspen Sound. reason not to start now with the appreciation. That's what we're going to do. Broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris Studios. It's Tutel Nuanas. Great to be with all of you out there on the radios, on the televisions, on your uh, internets and whatnot. 
appreciate uh, letting us be you letting us be with you. We are broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris Studios. Kurtz Polaris at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula and on Saturday, December 7th. That's just a week from this Saturday. It's their 7th annual snow day, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. one day only. Maybe even a little before 10, in fact. Go check them out. Get everything off your Christmas list one day only at Kurtz Polaris. We go now to the Regs Brothers RV phone line for a Wing It Wednesday, and we welcome in Justin to the show. Justin, how are you? Not bad. How about you guys? We're doing great. We appreciate you being with us. Happy Thanksgiving. You got any plans? You going anywhere? What are you up to here for this next uh, couple of days? Um, I got work, work off the whole week, so I'm hanging out and uh, doing like a little family thing around and then doing like uh, dinner with the friends uh, that night. So Okay. <laughs> That sounds pretty good, man. Yeah, enjoy yourself on that whole thing. That sounds all right. Now, here's the deal, Justin. We got three questions for you. Uh, they are my questions revolving around Thanksgiving, okay? And uh, if you get two of them right, you got yourself a basket of wings. If you got all three, you also got yourself a shirt from uh, from the Desperado as well. If you need help on any one of these cultures, your lifeline, okay? I'm good, man. All right, here we go. Boy, some chicken wings would really hit the spot. Tell me likey. Tell me want wingy. All right, Justin. Question number one for you, my man. What is the right. what is the best Thanksgiving dish? I'm gonna have to say like just one item. That's right. One option on the table. What's the best one? Turkey is correct. Justin, excellent job. Excellent job. Turkey is correct. Question number two for you, Justin. Who is the best group of people to spend the holidays with? Family? Friends? Alone? You gotta go with family. Do we want to give him another guess? <laughs> what do you want him to say alone? <laughs> You, you've never been alone for one second in your life. So you it, don't even know what it's like. It's it's the thing. It's I like. I feel like Olaf, the snowman who only wants to know what summer is. All I want to be is by myself sometimes. And just if I could just be, if I could just be alone, things would be would go so great. Globe, all across the globe. I know it's a time no to be together, solitude. but my goodness, if the answer isn't alone. Family is a great answer, Justin. Excellent work. That's a basket of wings to you, my friend, from the Desperado. Third and final question for you. What is the best holiday? The best holiday? Yes. Ooh. And don't forget, Coulter is your lifeline. You have not used your lifeline yet. Well, uh, let's, let's have him weigh in on this one. <laughs> Cat Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Do you accept uh, for, Cat Grizz? For a local holiday, yeah, I'm going to have to say that's going right on. My friend, it's not, it's not often people come in here and run the table on us. We got tough questions. <laughs> three for three. Three for three. <laughs> Justin, excellent work. Give your information to David at the at the back. Enjoy maybe the second best holiday, but certainly not the best one, Thanksgiving. And uh, enjoy the uh, wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern, okay? Hey, thanks, guys. Keep up the good work. You got it. Sometimes we just want to lay it up for some people, you know, on the day before a big holiday. That was fun, though, huh? Straight My subjectivity. Are way harder than that. You think? You think? Two telling the one is say, man, it's a referendum on you if what? people can't get my questions right because you should be able to get one of them for them. Tom Miller, Grand Forks Herald, talk to us about North Dakota in the playoffs. The de facto fifth Big Sky team next. Coulter, you have a business, and your business is based in the World Wide Web. Indeed I do, so I'm on my computer all the time. And if you're not online, you're not making money, and it is important to make sure that you're online and secure. Am I right? Absolutely. Got to be cyber safe this day and age. Well, for you business owners out there, whether you have an online business or a brick-and-mortar business, it's still running through the web. We all know that's a fact. And in today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to the endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. They do. They're keeping everybody cyber secure and ensuring that businesses run the way that they need to across the state. 
So ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. That's goblackfoot.com slash business. And you can click the link right here in the old podcast. We've made it so very easy for you. Go visit and find out how to keep your business or the business of people you know secure online with Blackfoot. Well, happy to welcome back to the show Tom Miller uh, from the Grand Forks Herald. The uh, North Dakota Fighting Hawks play in Nichols State this weekend in the first round of the FCS playoffs. And according to uh, reports, the Fighting Hawks, the last team to get into the field of 24 uh, as uh, as they were uh, made by the, by the committee last Sunday. And Tom, let's talk about that first. They're in. That's great. They're the last team in. It doesn't matter as long as you get in. Did you think that that North Dakota would get in? And are you surprised that they were the last team to get in, according to uh, what we've seen? Um, you know, I, I think I, I wasn't surprised. I would have been very surprised if they'd have been left out. Um, just because nobody on the bubble had a win like UND had over Montana State. And once, once Montana State beat Montana and the way they did it, uh, I, I just felt it was going to be really difficult to say, hey, this team that beat Montana State, that's kind of uh, the buzz of the SES today. Um, it was going to be hard to leave UND out in, in that sense. Navigating this entire season, and last season as well, honestly, without being in a conference, what sort of impact do you think that had on, on North Dakota? And, you know, there was a lot of talk. I mean, I remember when, when North Dakota beat Montana State, I talked to Craig Haley from Stats on the phone, and he was saying, hey, you know, I'm not trying to ever advocate for any sort of team, but you cover the big sky. You should let your people out west know that, hey, North Dakota's good. Like, they had at that point, I think they had beaten a top 25 Sam Houston team, a top 12 UC Davis team, and then the Cats. And so I, I had voted North Dakota in my top 15 consistently, and they had a hard time even breaking into the, the national poll. And I think that part of that is just because they just were – sort of this independent team. But in your mind, how did you think it just affected their national reputation this year? There could be some of that. I think, you know, more so it's kind of been a staple of UND these last few years is every time they get some sort of uh, uh, national recognition or a signature win, um, they, go, they go and drop the ball. You know, they go to Pocatello and they lose by 25, and everybody says, oh, they're a fraud. Yeah, that's right. Um and then, you know, I feel like people forget to circle back on them. <laughs> um, you know, I think uh, – I don't think it had a ton to do with whether or not they're Big Sky or Missouri Valley. I just think that North Dakota didn't maintain some of the love that they had got at one point in the year. Montana State win, though, definitely a pivotal win to get North Dakota into the playoff bracket. But, Tom, i got to ask you about this. North Dakota's got to go on the road to play at Nichols. North Dakota was six and zero this year at home, really good at the Alaris Center. In fact, great at the Alaris Center this year. But there's a lot of uh, Twitter action going on, a lot of reporting, particularly on your part about the bids and stuff like that. The bid North Dakota put in seventy five thousand dollars and seventy five thousand three dollars and seventy five cents. So the three dollars and seventy five cents. First of all, where's that come from? And have you gotten any any, um, any response from Nichols as far as what they did to outbid North Dakota for this game? Yeah, you know, I, I don't know what the uh, somebody you know mentioned whether that was Price is Right bidding. Um, I'm not sure if that's the case, but uh, um, I, I just uh, reported on what the the open records request that I submitted. I got back a spreadsheet, kind of of the the budget that they had submitted, um, and that's what it said on the budget. So I haven't had a chance to to question the administration. I was kind of waiting to hear from Nickel State, and the only thing I've heard from Nickel State is basically. Um, we won't be processing your request until uh, everybody comes back from Thanksgiving. So I don't know how long that's going to be, you know, how long they're going to kick the can down the road here. But eventually I'll be able to see, um, you know, was you any close uh, against the Nickel State bid? I have read a story where Nichols bid $80,000 last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I, if they ramp that up, you know, they, North Dakota probably wasn't super close. Um, I find that pretty interesting just because, you know, they – Nichols has drawn well in the first round, but uh, UND's only playoff game they've hosted, they drew 9,500 as well, which is which is likely what Nichols is looking at. So uh, comparable attendances, uh, apparently different approaches to, to the bidding process here. 
Tom Miller joining us. He writes for the Grand Forks Herald, covers North Dakota. They will be at Nickel State Saturday uh, to uh, open up the first round of the FCS playoffs. And I want to stay on this for just a second, though, uh, uh, Tom, because the bidding, often it seems like teams that are in the mountain time zone in the Midwest, and especially when you talk about North Dakota, North Dakota State being kind of the show from a football standpoint within the state of North Dakota, often have you know better attendance and maybe more resources to pour into something like a bid than what might be the fifth or sixth team in the state of Louisiana that people would go check out. So were you surprised that Nichols you know bid more than North Dakota, and did you think the North Dakota bid was, was, was a little light when you first saw the number? Um, you know, I, I was surprised that UND would go to Nichols State. I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have pegged them for a program that had the resources, like you mentioned, uh, to challenge North Dakota. Um, seventy-five seemed like a respectable bid. I, you know, it's hard to say because they they match up, they match up the 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 matchups first uh, with, with the with the bracket, and then they look at the bids. So was was North Dakota the second best bid? Or were they the fifteenth best bid? You know, it's it's hard to say if they just got a bad draw with Nichols there. Um, but yeah, a little surprised that Nichols had the opportunity to raise that that kind of funds, considering what I've written about this week and the fact that they don't have a visiting locker room. Really, last question for you on this, and then we'll move on to the actual football stuff, okay? But if you talk about as Coulter mentioned, a team uh, that's been so good at home and the advantage, you know, in traveling across country and so forth, and then the on the horizon, the potential of playing North Dakota State. I mean, it seems like an in-state game you know, could be some windfall. And, of course, I guess you don't want to count your chickens before they're hatched. You know, you got to go out and win the football game. But wouldn't there have been additional revenue coming to North Dakota potentially, uh, particularly with a matchup with NDSU, and that's something that they maybe want to try and maximize and ensure that home game this week? Yeah, you know, that that could be a possibility. I don't know how much financial gain there's to be had in Grand Forks uh, with that game at, at North Dakota State. Um, teams played earlier this year, too. Um, so, you know, I'm not sure if, I'm not sure if that was a factor. I just think, uh, you know, looking ahead here, you know, UND's athletic director, Bill Chaves has that experience at Eastern Washington. And so, you know, I wouldn't think that, that some of this bidding process would surprise him. Uh, with that being said, I think, you know, Chaves' entire time at Eastern Washington, they were probably outside of the first round. You know, I, I don't know if they had to, uh, I don't know if Eastern Washington had to throw together bids very often. Um, you know, so I... I'm curious to know if if uh, if this will be his approach come uh, come 2020 if UND would be in that position again. The fact now that North Dakota does have to go on the road to Texas, the one thing that struck out to me was the fact that they're going to have to use the visiting locker rooms as tents, basically. So even though Nichols does draw well and they might have had the higher bid, maybe not the best visitors' facilities. That aside, though, I mean, how does North Dakota go about preparing for this game? Uh, against a team from the Southland who, I mean, they played a Southland team before this year. So what do you, do, what do you think of this, the matchup? Yeah, you know, I, I think there's some experience to be gained. UND had a home-and-home home here the last two years with Sam Houston State. So UND did play down in Huntsville, Texas, got a little taste of the humidity that you, you play with. You know, I, I imagine that could be different in November than it was in September. Um, but I, I think there's at least a... I think even it helps to have some film where you, Nickel State might be a bit of a random opponent, but at least you can see you can see them play a similar team you played because uh, you know both teams played Sam Houston State this year. Um, I, I think that'll be helpful. I think North Dakota expects uh, a similar type team um, to Sam Houston State, I guess. And then uh, Tom, uh, when, when you talk about. North Dakota and what they've done well this season, and obviously Nate Ketteringham transferring in and, and, and seems to be playing well, but what is it that's been going right for this team? Because they, they have, as Coulter said, they've they've had, they've had dropped a couple ones that you, you scratch your head at, but they've got some great wins and have really, on the whole, played well. Yeah, you know, Nate Ketteringham has, uh, has really... I don't know. Got gotten better as the season has gone on. You know, there's a time in the there's a time in 2019 here where where fans fans were begging for for a true freshman to have his shirt pulled to play a quarterback because Ketteringham was struggling so bad when he turned it over six times in Cheney. Um, but as the season has gone on, he, he's really played well. I think first year offensive coordinator Danny Freund has done a very nice job. 
uh, making sure that, that Nate Ketteringham doesn't hold on to the ball too long. I think, uh, you know, he doesn't have a whole lot of escapability. And, um, you know, Coach Freund has kind of taken that out of his hands a little bit by designing an offense that, that gets the ball out faster. And um, UND's, UND's pretty talented at wide receiver. they got three foot four, 215-pound guys there. Um, two of those guys are seniors and have played for four years. Uh, one may or may not be available, uh, but that's, what, uh, that's what's kind of carried them here through this stretch. Well, Tom, we certainly appreciate it. Uh, it's going to be a, a fun weekend. Good luck to you, uh, both in terms of the game, and also you got a four-week-old little kiddo now, uh, so congratulations on that. That's happened since we last spoke. So uh, good luck balancing those two items on your agenda, okay? <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll appreciate the sleep in Louisiana I'll get, I bet. You got it. Tom Miller, Grand Forks Herald, covering the North Dakota Fighting Hawks at Nichols State. Thanks, Tom. Absolutely, guys. There you go. Enjoyable. Get you set for uh, the playoffs this weekend. And by the way, just a reminder to everybody, because I know people are wondering about this sometimes, and it seems to catch some people by surprise each year, but ESPN bought the rights to FCS playoffs, period. So it doesn't matter, there's no, doesn't matter the school, doesn't matter the where, it doesn't matter, nothing matters. It's just playoff football, the FCS level is, uh, you know, the rights ha- are owned by ESPN, and they play it on ESPN3. Now, the thing I don't know, Coulter, maybe you can shed some light on this. I don't know if you need ESPN+, Plus, which is the pay-for-it subscription thing, or if it's free on just, like, watchespn.com. Uh, I think you do need it. Okay, so in any case, uh, it's it's... What they have, the, the the you know the stream of it and all that kind of stuff is good and it comes through and it's clear and everything like that. Uh, but uh, it that it's only available basically on the internet. It's not going to be just on your TV unless you go on to Paradise Falls, Coulter. And Paradise Falls is going to have the uh, postseason for you, the FCS playoffs uh, down there. You can watch it in Paradise Falls on the south end of town near the corner of uh, Reserve, South Reserve, and Brook Street. Great spot to uh, go watch games, uh, whether they're college, whether they're pro, playoff games, all the kind of stuff. And uh, also, great late happy hour as well, 18 rotating beer tap handles. Great spot on the south end of the city. No doubt I went and had... Uh some chips and queso the other day there, the other night. I uh, watched some Thursday Night Football while I was writing some of my cat mm. stories. Enjoyed a nice little IPA, one of 18 draft beers they got. But they have 30 big screen TVs no matter what game you're looking for, whether it's on the Pac-12 network or Pluto TV or ESPN3. Paradise Falls has got it. Well, they have two happy hours. One of the only places in town with an early and a late happy hour. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. A huge casino it's an entertainment playground. Go check them out, Paradise Falls. No matter what game you need to watch, 3621 Brook Street in Missoula, Paradise Falls. Missoula is the coolest hotspot. Hour number two, straight ahead. We fill out our FCS playoff brackets. Have a little fun next. Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz Athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 